Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and as they were staring toward heaven, suddenly, two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here, looking toward heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they entered the city, they went to the upstairs room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, Alphaeus' son, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, James's son, all were united in their devotion to prayer, along with some women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. God is good. Yeah. All the time. God is good. All the time. God is good. So we are continuing our series of prayers in the Bible. And basically what we're talking about are taking prayers in the Bible and breaking them down for our community, for the church, and what it looks like for us to be a body that is in prayer, that is waiting on the Spirit of God uh, and the presence of God to go before us, before any activity, any programming, any doing church, prayer precedes everything. And that's the thesis of this series, is that prayer precedes everything. We wait for the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to empower God's mission through the church. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is, ascends into heaven, and it's usually a passage that we preach out of uh, during Ascension Sunday after Easter. Um, Jesus has been with his disciples, and he's kind of given his last words and instructions, last teachings before going up into heaven. And what we learn is that there's a plan, that God has a plan for the disciples, and God has a plan for the future church, and that is for the gospel to go out, for the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and life in Jesus to go out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, to Rome, to the ends of the earth, and that God has a plan to use his people, his followers, uh, to do this mission. And so when we hit Chapter 1, and with our passage beginning in verse 9, uh, Jesus is leaving uh, right before their eyes in a cloud. And the disciples are looking up, staring up into heaven. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for all that you've done for us. And thank you that we have the gift of prayer. That we have the gift of community. That we can connect with you. That we can cry out to you that we can speak to you, and that uh, you can speak to us, and not just to the sing uh, singular individuals, but to us as corporately as a community, as a church. And so we want to be faithful and wait to hear from your word through your scripture, um, through your leaders, through your people, um, through the faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of you know that last week, uh, we went to a men's retreat. We were on Hat Island, which is four miles west of Everett. We took a boat over there, and we hung out. But uh, a few of us were sitting around admiring the beauty and magnificence of our nation's uh, bird, national bird, which is the bald eagle. Uh, admiring the wing 
the sheer wingspan um, of the bald eagle. There were a couple flying around the island. And then we saw some of the eagles dive bombing in the ocean and coming up with fish, which was pretty humbling because we were on the boat earlier trying to catch fish. <laughs> nothing was happening. We had a motorboat, we had fancy lures and a pole, and we couldn't get anything. And here comes this eagle, just dive bombing, boom, pulling up in its strong talons a salmon. And we're like, God's creation, these creatures are so much better at what they do than we are, right? <laughs> We are not meant to dive into the ocean and pick up salmon, right? What would it take to do that, right? Talons, really sharp talons that can grip the fish. But more importantly, an amazing hunting system, a navigational system, uh, which requires amazing eagle eye, right? The ability to see from hundreds of feet away, hundreds of yards away, from up in the sky into the ocean, a moving salmon, a moving fish. Right? That's not, a, not, not a, just a slow moving creature, but a very swift salmon in the ocean. This eagle is able to see that, dive in, anticipate the motions and the evasiveness of the fish, and grab onto it with its talons. And that's just amazing. It's just all inspiring. But you can't help but be like, man, there is a God. When we look at creation, we see the hands of the creator at work. Amen? But if you can imagine if this navigational system was kind of went awry, what if an eagle stared at where the fish was but never anticipated the motion of the fish? Right? So imagine shooting, you know, aiming at something that's moving. Even with your camera, you're aiming, you're shooting, you know, an action shot, but you never moved with the object. You just stayed where you first saw the object and took the shot. What would you get? You'd get an empty frame, right? You'd get, you wouldn't get the soccer player shooting the goal because you never followed the dynamic action, live, real-time action. And what if an eagle only saw that fish where it was when it first, the moment it first saw the fish in the ocean? right there, and that's where it aimed, and that's where it dove, and that's where it dove into the water with its talons. That eagle would come up empty-handed because the fish is already gone to another place. Right? In order to be present and relevant and active and successful in a real-time, moving, active world, we have to have a sensitivity, an ability to move with the objects. Are you with me, church? Amen. The eagle stalks its prey, um, but it can't be stagnant in a world of motion. Its eyes, its vision have to move along with its target. And that's the same with the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of heaven. Jesus, with his disciples throughout the Gospels, constantly talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He told parables, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it is now here. It's coming, and it's here. 
And the reason why there's a tension in this language is because the kingdom of heaven is dynamic, right? It's not just a stagnant place where we take aim and we shoot for heaven. It's right there. Heaven is right there. It is that. We are, we are journeying towards something, towards hope, towards you know, some dream or future where Jesus comes back, the world is renewed, people are saved, but also it's both, it's also here and now and present and at work. The kingdom of heaven is dynamic. It's in real time, right? It's, it's uh, hashtag kingdom of heaven. It's happening right now, right? What's the word? It's trending. The kingdom of heaven, well, it should be trending more, but it's trending. It's here and now. So just as the eagle with its eyes and its motion needs to look not where the salmon is, but where it will be, we need to have hearts for where the kingdom is and where it will be. Not just uh, what we know or what we understand or what, we, what happened yesterday. Not just that target that was there a moment ago. And that requires discernment. That requires stillness. That requires listening. That requires prayer. Right? Prayer is what allows us to hear and see and move with the Spirit of God. Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. The kingdom of God is where the reign of God is present invisible and working to renew and restore and change in the world. The kingdom of God is where the gospel is preached and incarnated in the lives of people and families and communities. The kingdom of God is here. And what this message in Acts is telling us is what the two men are saying to the disciples as they're looking up into heaven. He says, stop looking up. Why are you looking up in heaven? Right? The train is moving. Jesus is on the train. He's up there, but he's got a plan. Get on the train because it's about to move and it's about to be a crazy adventure. Stop looking into heaven. And I, I have a, two slides to kind of compare. Uh, no, no, next slide. Or the slide before that? Yeah, Luke, Luke 24 and Acts 1, 10 through 11. Luke and Acts are both written by Luke. A lot of people see it together as kind of a part one, part two, Act, Luke, Acts. And at the end of Luke, in Luke chapter 24, do you remember when the women in the morning come to the tomb, what do they see? They see two men, right, glowing white. And these two men say to the women, uh, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. The men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. What? What do we say on Easter? He is risen. He has risen indeed. Right? Stop looking behind you. Stop holding on to what you know. Stop being stagnant. Jesus has already moved on. Jesus is alive. Amen? He's moved on. So stop hanging on to death. Stop hanging on to the dark tunnel. Move forward. And then here in our chapter in Acts, beginning in 10, suddenly two
Again, the two men in white stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward heaven? Why are you looking up at heaven? Jesus is not there. Right? Or Jesus has moved on and he has a plan and instruction for you. What did Jesus tell them? He said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit to come. Wait in prayer. Wait in community because there is something crazy about to happen. And if you remember in John, at the end of chapter John, when a resurrected Jesus comes to eat with his disciples, they ask him, is now the time? Is now the time? Is now the time that you're going to bring the kingdom of heaven and power? Because they're like, okay, we thought Jesus was going to do some amazing military or, or revolution, right? Bring the king, a new kingdom to defeat the empire that's over us. And then he died. Okay, that was a major kind of fail to our, our plans. But he came back to life. He's resurrected. He's right before us. And so that's what they're asking Jesus. Surely, now is the time, right? And Jesus is like, no. The time is coming, and it's at hand. And the reason why is, is what we see here. God doesn't just want us to look up into heaven and live our lives waiting, staring up at the skies for the pie in the sky, right? The kingdom is here and now. And Jesus' instructions is to stay, wait for the coming spirit, because stuff is happening, is going to happen in this world. I need the gospel to go forth today here on earth. There's a reason why you're standing on this earth. And I'm going to tell you, so wait, stop looking up, right? Are you with me, church? And there are many, many people in the church that still believe, oh, we're just waiting for heaven. We just wait, looking up at the sky. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter if people are in pain. It doesn't matter, right? We will just separate ourselves from the world. We'll just hunker down in this church until God comes. The second coming of Jesus on his chariots to come and save us. Yes, that's great, right? We wait for that time. But we also have a purpose today. There's a reason that we live today. And this is the next slide. Also, there's stuff going on today. There are people that need the gospel. There are people that need life. There are people that are hungry. Crap is going on in the world. And we need Jesus. And we need to, And Jesus is calling us to be his church among the world. Amen. To be a light. To be uh, ambassadors. To be ministers of reconciliation. To come and feed the hungry. To clothe those who aren't clothed. To give shelter to those who are lost. Just look at this, right? Human trafficking, homelessness, war, mass shootings, environmental, environmental crises, refugees, the borders. The world is going crazy out there. There's a war out there in our nation. Where is the church? Where is the church? And into that, the gospel is saying, these, Jesus is saying to his disciples, God is saying to us, 
Why are you looking up into heaven? Go into Jerusalem and wait, and I'm going to send you. Amen? Amen. Stop looking to heaven. Prayer precedes everything. We wait for the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to empower God's mission through the church. But you know, when I look at this list, when I watch CNN, when I watch CNBC, I don't watch Fox. <laughs> BBC America, BBC. Uh, anyways. Uh, where was I? I can look at these things and I get overwhelmed, right? Like, how many things can I feel passionate about? How many things can I stand for? How, how much social media do I have to read and like post to, to stay relevant, to keep up, to be someone who cares, right? How much money should I give away? How, how often should I pray for all of these things? You know, to be aware, to be aware, to be aware. It can be overwhelming. You know what? We are not meant to carry the weight of all of the world's problems on our shoulders. Right? We are not meant to solve the world's problems. And we can get overwhelmed by the troubles and tragedies and pain in the world. We can get overwhelmed by the world without Christ. And, um, and in this being overwhelmed, we can hunker down and separate ourselves and wait for that pie in the sky. Or we can hunker down here and do church with just other Christians, do our lives with other Christians, and be isolated and naive to the world that God loves. Mm -hmm. Or we can turn to God in our depravity and in our lack and our, our feeling overwhelmed and lift our hands in prayer and wait for empowerment, wait for the Spirit. Go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Spirit. And what it says in verse 12 is, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk in the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Uriel and Magiel, <laughs> James and son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Everyone, men and women, the disciples, the lay people, all waited in Jerusalem in constant prayer for instructions for what's next. And I've entitled this sermon, uh, what did I entitle? <laughs> now what? Now what? Question mark. <coughs> Prayer, exclamation, right? Jesus is gone. We're looking up into heaven. Now what? I don't know. And we have a tendency in the I don't know, like in the ambiguity, ambiguity of things, or in the midst of transition, many of us are in transition, when things are unknown and there's a lot of change and we don't know what's next, you know that feeling. Like, I, I tend to clean the whole house. Because I need some semblance of control in my life. Like, at least I know that the house is clean. 
when I don't know what's going on and things are amb ambiguous. When we're feeling like that, we tend to find that thing we understand or we can control and we use control to help us to feel better. Or as a church, we often just, let's do this, let's do this, let's do a new program, let's, let's do this outreach, let's have a concert in the park, let's hit this, let's hit that. But really, you know, the more emails that the pastor sends, the more you know he doesn't know what's going on. So when you hear me writing emails, oh, well, well, we should, blah, 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 that means I'm scared, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a little inside to me. <laughs> and I'm freaking out. It's in those freak out moments that we're called to wait as a body. Go to the upper room, pray constantly, and wait. As individuals too, as disciples, you're called to wait, to trust in God. He knows. He has a plan. Wait. Wait. I think that's the hardest thing to do in our culture, is to sit and wait. I know when we were pregnant with our first child, those, like, he didn't come for, like, I think he was, like, two weeks late, three weeks late, or something like that. I was just dying. I was like, what? <sighs> you know, and I already had work off, and so I was just at home like, uh, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Can I do anything? <laughs> Janice, shut up. Just settle down. I can't do nothing. I, ah, I'm just waiting. You know? Build something. Like, have a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for us to wait. And yet, prayer precedes everything. And in prayer, we wait for the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit to empower God's mission through the church. Prayer precedes everything. So when we talk about this coming uh, Saturday, this prayer retreat, it's a vision retreat. Um, it's a short time in the afternoon here at church to listen, come together as a community and a body, and to be like, what's next? What's next, God? And we're going to pray. And we're going to see how the Holy Spirit moves. And we're going to see corporately God speak to individuals and how those individuals hear and collaborate with one another and create this mosaic. That's my hope, that God comes. This mosaic of a picture. Like, this is what God wants for renewal in this next season. And I'm excited about that. It, it sure beats me sitting down and coming up with something. <laughs> I'm like racking my brains. Here is the one year program, the one year vision for everything. I can't come up with one, but anyways, prayer. Prayer is active waiting. Prayer is calibrating that navigation system, right? And, and syncing back up with the Bluetooth, real-time, live, dynamic spirit of God. We're Bluetooth syncing with God. 
in prayer. Prayer is active waiting. Are you with me, church? So we're going to take some time. I'm going to... Do I have another slide? Probably not. Prayer is a Yeah. We're going to take some time just as an exercise to do some listening prayer of ourselves right now. To wait. And so there may be some notepads underneath your pews, or if you have a piece of paper or a note card and a writing utensil, uh, I want you to take some time and just free write all the things that are on your head. Just worries, anxieties, things that are going on, things you gotta take care of tomorrow, Monday. Just free write, let it flow. Write it all down on a piece of paper. Or you can use it on a note app on your phone, whatever. Blessed, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the earth looks, the Lord looks down and sees all of humanity. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose love, hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. God, make us a people of prayer. Help us to hope in you and put our trust in you. Help us to turn to you more often than we usually do in prayer, in our daily in our day-to-day -day activities, as we're working, as we're watching over the kids, as we're learning, studying, driving, going about our day. Help us to turn to you in prayer and receive uh, the words, the encouragement, the love and the mercy that you have for us. Speak to us new names about how you see us, names that reflect how you see us and not how the world sees us or how we see ourselves. You see us as beloved. You see us as your children. And as we um, love and interact and relate to our neighbors out there and as we take in all of the crises as crises and uh, tragedies um, that we see on the news, that we see around us, the people who are suffering. Um, give us compassion as we get overwhelmed and we are fatigued in our compassion. Give us strength and encouragement and the knowledge that everything's in your hands and you're in control. 
give us the ability to focus. To focus on the one or two things. Because we know that that's where you're calling us. That's where you're leading us. We receive your truth today. We receive your word today. We wait on your Holy Spirit today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.